Welcome to the latest episode of Pixel Drone Show, our weekly podcast where we cover everything that is cool and interesting with drones. My co-hosts are Haya Kestelou and Greg Reverdio. Today, we have not one, but two women powerhouses with us. First is Desiree, who is known as Drone Diva Desi Eckstein, and Kim Players, also known as First Lady of Drones. You probably know them as co-hosts of Coffee Connection, Connections with Women and Drones, and uh, Desi is also a UAS safety advisor. Outside of this, Desi and Kim educate students from elementary age all the way up through college, and they work on getting more girls into STEM. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Uh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yes. Thank you. So before we get into the obvious about drones, I want to know how the two of you met. Desi? Uh, okay, well, we actually started uh, many years ago at a uh, meetup. We're out there in the field with several different people. And Kim and I were actually flying on different teams and our paths kept crossing. And so it was just pretty exciting to actually see other people that were there flying. And actually, there weren't a lot of uh, ladies there. So, of course, we stand out when we're there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. So we never really got to connect there. It was just kind of like we were, you know, we just shadows passing by. But as soon as I got home, I we reached out to each other. And it was, you know, we just had such great chemistry. We're both very enthusiastic women that, you know, embrace that. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely designed by God. It was beautiful from the get go. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, Desi, let's start with you. How, how did you get into drones? What uh, attracted you to drones? Okay, I have to say the classic higher perspective, the flying camera, you know, all, all that kind of thing. So um, many, many years ago, I was ready for a career change and I grabbed onto the drone industry and started with the classic AR Parrot, flying it with my tablet and crashed it several times, right? Uh, and then you're probably familiar with, or some of you may or may not be familiar with the 333 exemption that the FAA put into effect many years ago. So I went, well, I guess if I'm going to do this, I better get that, right? So I opted to go through the 333 exemption. I got it, but I was not a private pilot like you are, Greg. So um, uh, kudos to you there. I would love to be one. So I opted for the lighter than air. Well, I went through the ground school First time up in a hot air balloon, I had an incident with the propane leak. Well, obviously in a hot air balloon, you're not gonna mix propane and that flame, right? So we came down 200 feet, came straight down and I went, you know, I think I'm gonna keep my feet on the ground and my head in the clouds. So I opted to wait for the 107 to come along and I went that route. So that's the start of my career and I've just been doing that higher perspective ever since. I love it. Awesome. Well then, awesome. Kim, uh, we're moving on to you. What is, what is your story and what is your first drone? Oh, where do I start? So, uh, you know, I've been, my background is always been in training. I used to train professional bodybuilders back in the day. Then I went into personal training people in their homes. Uh, cause that's what the stars were doing. So I'm like, let me do that. 
Um, and then from that, you know, raising kids and stuff, uh, you know, when I hit like 40, I said, what do I want to do when I grow up? I always loved training. So I was asked to do a lot of leadership training and conferences for women. And then I got into speaking, inspirational speaking for like Liberty Mutual and stuff. And then when I hit 50, uh, when social media hit, like a lot of people thought that they were inspirational speakers. And like in 2008, 2010, a lot of companies weren't where they were cutting the fat off. And so they weren't hiring, you know, speakers like they were before. So I'm like, what do I want to do now? You know, I'm going to be 50. You know, I still got lots of life. I, you know, I just feel great. So I was at an actual speaking event at the helicopter museum in Philadelphia, where I live, right outside of Philadelphia. And one of my friends that is a military policeman, he had an Inspire One drone. I'd never really seen a drone. It wasn't on my radar. So I went up to him like, dude, what is that? And he's like, it's a drone. He tells me the story of search and rescue. I was like, it was like, if you ever saw the movie Despicable Me, it was like this light bulb went off in my head. And I'm like, light bulb? And I'm like, can you teach me how to fly that? And I just, it just like overtook me. And I, I didn't have to know how, which is so important. I just had this big why. And so once I, I, once I learned how to fly a drone, we actually learned how to build a drone. Wasn't a part 107. Um, so anyways, built a drone, flew a couple like hexacopters, quadcopters, and then the octocopter. And my first drone was the, the Phantom 3 Advance. That was the hottest drone at the time. And the rest is history. It just, I just, it just ignited this, everything I've done in my life. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, when that drone came into my life, it was a celebration of all the skills that I've learned throughout my life. And I'm sure you guys would agree about the same thing. That's what's exciting about drones. That's awesome to hear. And I can tell you by the sound of your voice that you're excited still about uh, flying drones. That's awesome. <laughs> totally. Uh, so, Desi, you're an adjunct um, instructor of unmanned aerial systems at Mira Costa College in California. What subjects do you teach? I actually am the aerial instructor. So we go through the whole gamut of workforce development for the drone industry from my perspective. Uh, we go through the uh, part 107 material that would help them for their test prep. Then we actually segue outdoors and I'm really big on safety. So I really spend a lot of time honing in on the safety aspects of flight. And then we segue over to the uh, mapping and doing uh, PIX4D and processing the data and putting out 3D models. Um, we have a, each cohort is a little bit different where we get to focus on whatever is a hot topic for the class that is actually in session. And so there's been times where we've actually had uh, accident reconstruction, uh, night ops, different, different activities. And so my portion of it though is the aerial aspect of it and it's pretty exciting and it's it's really it's just such a blessing to see people that come in not having any idea about drones or anything like that never flying one and we take them through the whole gamut of okay now you are ready for the 107 and you are ready to go take flight and be a safe pilot 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, we had Skip Fredericks on the show recently. I don't know if you're familiar with who he is, sure. but um, you know, he had said that his students range um, in age, but also he's seeing um, more women than anything um, interested in his courses. Do you see that trend? Um, I have, yes. And actually, I've worked with Skip on a few of his night classes. So it, it's really exciting oh. to be out there. And I yeah. do see a lot of uh, women in, in his classes. I've actually seen a trend. And it's not that I'm seeing a huge growing number. But literally from the first class that we had at TCI, I have seen, okay, I had one. And then I had none. And now I see two or three. And so I do actually start to see a trend and I'm really excited about that. It's definitely needed. Um, Kim, you started Master Your Drone Flight Training School. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure, I just a little side note by what, uh, what you were asking about the you know, ladies. You know, it used oh. to be back in the day where you know, a guy showed up in a sports car and that's how he attracted a woman. Now all you gotta have is a drone. And then oh wow! Again, right? Nice Drones a lot. Right? The new <laughs> way. Uh, so just thought about that. Just kind of cute, you know. Um, anyway, so yeah, so master your drone. Uh, you know, when I started flying drones, um, I had a business partner, and we had a company called Digital Drone Dynamics, and um, that was about uh, a little over four years ago, and. On our opening day of our, you know, at the hotel to show people what we do, our drone boot camps, he never showed up. Um, unbeknownst to me, he had a double stroke and passed away. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, what am I going to do? He's like the, the operations and I missed him, so on and so forth. So I just went out and started flying and doing gigs, which I love doing. And then um, this guy reached out to me on Facebook that I had talked to um Prior when I was looking for locations and he called me, he's like, you know, Kim, you have this drone boot camp and you fly drones. It's just really interesting. You know, how's it going? And I told him what happened. He goes, well, how, what's it, what would it take to get it going? I think that's a really great idea. So we met, I showed him my business plan and he asked me what I required. I'm like, I really require some money. I need some capital. And he says, I think I can get you that. So he says, give me a couple weeks. He called me that night. He had found me an investor. Um, then I was referred to uh, Penn State. They had like a, it was their first year of doing, um, uh, they were giving out grants for entrepreneurs for small businesses. And so they had 200 applicants and everybody went in with their kind of shark tank, you know, things that they do. And, you know, I went in with my drones and I won. So I won a micro grant from Penn State, which was awesome. That paid for my website. Um, and it was really, you know, it was really cool. Once again, it's all the, it's what I want people to know is that, you know, anybody can get into drones and you can use what you already know. Like Tony Robbins says, do what you know, don't do what you don't know. And it's That's so kind of valuable to focus on what you know. That's one reason why I love Desi so much because, you know, she does the opposite of what I do, but yet together we are so much more powerful and beneficial to the industry and for women, right? So mm -hmm. anyway, so with that Penn State, you know, it was really cool because I'm going to tell you, and, and I'm not a real comp competitive person. I'm my own biggest competition. But when I went in there, I knew I was going to win. I can't tell you in my life when I felt that way. Mm -hmm. I just knew it. 
and I won out of 500, out of 200 applicants, they gave away five. I won, and I was the only person that was over 30 that didn't go to Penn State. So it was a huge victory. Um, and then after that, I was accepted into, I wrote a big essay, and I was accepted into um, the drone, ex the accelerator program that actually launched HSN. And they accepted me into their program, and they gave me three years of office space to build my business. Wow. So, wow. I mean, yeah, right? So that's awesome. So the opportunity was there. And from there, you know, just started building the business. We focus on... Uh, we focus on, we get a lot of, we get a wide range of people. I mean, you know, I've had bougie people come in from the Hamptons that they bring in there. They, they, they have their nanny drove in because they want to, her to fly a drone while they're in, in Mexico drinking margaritas on the beach. They don't want to be responsible for it. So like, how about if I send my nanny and I'm like, bring her in. So we'll do like a fast track one day. We'll have our, we have a, a pilot that, uh, teaches one of our, some of our part 107. He'll actually look up where people are going on vacation to let them know what the laws are there. You know, they're going in as hobbyists, but they still need to fly safe. We, you know, go through like a couple of cute, you know, fun, intelligent modes. Then we go to the aspect of people that want to get into, um, do it as a business. Our business exploded during COVID because so many people had time and they had money. And so, you know, we trained a lot of people that didn't want to go back to their job. And many of them have been very successful, which once again, when they win, Master Your Drone wins, and that's super exciting. And then we've been contracted to do workforce development where we, you know, go into cities where they have us, you know, teach people how to fly drones indoors using telos. We set up obstacle courses, drone simulators, and then we do online part 107. And then last but not least, which is a secret sauce that I don't usually tell people about, Master Your Drone does team building corporate events, which are just so exciting to see teams in the corporate work together because they think they know something. When you come in with a drone, it just shows people a new appreciation for somebody on their team that they never, they never thought of. So, um, yeah, so that's what we do. Um, and... I love it, as you can tell. And we all love it. You know, we just love what we yeah. do. Um, so you said that you started out in Pennsylvania and um, you got your start there. Where else are you based or where else could people find you? We just launched in Southern Florida. So we have Ooh, two locations. Wow. Yeah, two locations. COVID has held us back, you know, like people getting sick, you know, so on and so forth. And so I just kind of took a break from traveling down there right now. So there's a lot of chaos period right yeah so um in the winter time but um yeah so i'll be down there february and um we hope we launched in coconut creek and then we also have another we did two offices in the same vicinity but both have different demographics mm -hmm. so i'm like let's do both why why choose right so i'm a big both person why why do you have to choose figure out how to get both so we're doing coconut creek and we're doing uh, Lauder Hill. So Lauder Hill will be more workforce development, and then Coconut Creek will be, you know, for people that come in that want to learn how to fly drones, regardless if they want to do it for a hobbyist or for um, or as a as a new uh, career. Yeah, you, very nice. You got me excited. I'm freezing my fingers off when I fly drones this time of year in New York. I think I'm going to open a second location in Southern California as well. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm down to podcast, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, get an RV and move. That's, um, it's funny because we've been taught, Desi and I have been talking about that. Yeah, well, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, you can travel where the seasons go and uh, pick your spots. So uh, yeah. I'd be all up for that. Yeah, and I got a two question. years ago, I had a vision. I was down, my daughter lives in Florida. She lives on the on the, on the the yeah. West Coast, and we're going to be on the East Coast. But my daughter lives down there, and I was down flying, and I'm like, you know, I've got to find a way that I can fly down. I can fly here in the winter and train and then be in Philadelphia yep. in the summer. And then it just happened. I didn't even realize it. But, you know, the importance of words do not speak void. You know, when you speak something, it you really can attract it. Yeah. So, yeah. Say it, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. there you go. I'm moving to uh, Southern California. Uh-oh. There we go. Here you come. <laughs> there you go. Des, I got a question for you. I saw your bio that you are a top level three flight instructor with uh, AUVSI. Can you tell us uh, why that matters? Why you picked AU, uh, AUVSI? Always have trouble with that name. And um, how is it valuable to you? Uh, well, again, I'm very, very big on the safety aspects of it. And I started out on that career path um, because of wanting to implement the safety aspects. So I've always been a member of AUVSI. And once they uh, came up with the top program, I thought, okay, this is the right path for me. Um, I liked the, how they had the levels that were involved. And so we came when it came time to doing the level three pilot instructor, but being, or just pilot, when it came to being the instructor side, it was a little bit different. And I wanted to be able to present the material in, in a proper way that really, really focused on the safety side of things. And so that's kind of how I ended up going down that, that path with it. And I have loved it because, it, it really does provide safety. And literally that is what I'm all about. I'm with the FAA uh, drone pros here in San Diego. I, I try to do safety everywhere I can. And so it just really provided a, a level of safety that I can now train at. Now, yeah, awesome. I am not with a service provider for the AUBSI top level three, um, but I am able to provide that type of uh, training material at that level. Would it would it benefit you if you team up with a service provider or how does that work? I, yes, it, it would. Um, there are some out there. Uh, I got my uh, actual level three through Embry-Riddle. Embry and so um, I was actually su surprised at what went on behind the scenes of what it takes to become the level mm -hmm. three. I had no idea I had, well, okay. I had no idea that the FAA offered a FOI exam and I had to go through and get that. And so it teaches you how to be an educator as well. And I truly appreciated that. That was, it was a big hurdle for me. Um, and so having that knowledge just helped me all around put together my curriculum and present the material and everything. Awesome. So I want to talk about Women in Drone and I want to talk about your show. So can you tell us how you came up with the idea? What gave you the, uh, the idea of starting the, uh, the show, The Coffee Connections? Okay, I'm going to give that one to Kim because Kim had the idea and I was totally on board. <laughs> <laughs> he totally was. 
so when the when uh, when COVID first hit and we were like in you know in the pandemic area uh, a couple of years ago, um, you know I had a friend here in Philly and she started doing these online networking through Zoom, right? And so I'm like, okay, this will keep me in the game. But I jumped on and I just didn't really have anything in common with anybody. I'm in the drone business, right? And they certainly none of them were really my target market because they were all people trying to build their you know temporary businesses or whatever they were doing whatever they were building their businesses so i'm like you know i'm just not going to waste my time doing this and then i'm like you know what if we do one with the drone community because now that this COVID is hit there everybody's i i know so many drone people but they're all over the country you know and and we don't get to talk that much we don't get to see each other that much so let's let me call desi and see if she wants to do it so I called Desi. I'm like, what do you think about doing a drone coffee connection? And she's like, I want it. So, you know, we had to go through, she especially, I mean, pray, uh, just so grateful for Desi. She's the technical person, just like she's a safety person. So she worked really hard to, you know, get it all set up. And then, um, and then we called Sharon to see if she was interested and if she wanted to support us. And of course, uh, women in drones. And she's like, oh, I'm totally on board. So really between the three of us it really took off right from the very beginning and when people come and speak they're just like it's like there's electricity in the air mm -hmm. so that's how it got started so what do you think um, makes your show uh, stand out um maybe walk us through what it's about and what you think like how you would um explain it to other people why they should tune in I think it the networking. I think that's a vital part of it. Is uh, it we brought it on about the time that people needed that. They needed that networking, and it was a perfect opportunity to bring people together in a safe environment that they could be somewhere with people that had the same likes and desires in the same industry, and it was. Uh, providing knowledge. Uh, another value that I think is is so important is that the way that the actual structure of the Coffee Connection works is we have a spotlight speaker, which by the way, we have not had any of you as a spotlight speaker and we would love to have you. <laughs> We'd love to be right. on. There we go. How's that for a segue right there? So we usually spotlight someone for about 20 minutes where you just talk about what you're doing in the industry. And everybody is such a wide variety from one aspect to the other behind the scenes or flying the drones. There's just so many different aspects of the industry. And and so we have an opportunity to do a spotlight speaker and then we segue over to the smaller networking groups. So they're called breakout sessions. And in that is where you really can connect. And I, I always refer to it like the uh, the way we used to do chamber mixers. You know, you used to go and network with everybody. Well, we're online, but we're doing that. We're doing that where you can actually network on a smaller base with people. And it's just really brought people together all around the world because we're global. Mm -hmm. And we have people mm -hmm. all around the world that are joining in as and participating. And so it's very, very exciting. Is that how you um, chose Zoom as the platform to host it on? Uh, pretty much, just, yes. However, I was doing okay. that 
uh, through my class. So when we had to oh. uh, segue over, I became the Zoom expert and I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. So when Kim came to me, I'm just like, yeah, no problem. And, and I don't think she expected me to take it and run the way I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful, right? I'm so grateful. And I just love working with Desi because, you know, Desi and I, we, you know, I would say, you know, with the coffee with the coffee connection, like the big thing is intention, right? And so, because we have the intention of collaboration versus competition, we attract people that want to come in and collaborate. And when people come in to collaborate, no matter where you're at in drones, it means that you still have something more to learn. And so, whether it's from somebody new or somebody that's been doing it for a while, so uh, that's probably one of the best aspects because people you know, people connect and then, you know, there's so many conversations that go on behind the scenes. Like a lot of my students from the workforce development have connected with several of the, you know, well-established businesses and gotten advice and they've been so wonderful. So um, it really, to me, setting the standard and also, you know, just showing people that this is a collaborative business, not a competitive business. There's plenty, there's tons of people in the world and there's tons of opportunities for all of us. So in the, in the two years that you guys had this show now, who, are, who have been some of the most fascinating guests on your show? Okay, go ahead, Kim. And I'm gonna try not so to- I would say, right, there's, there's just been so many, but I would say the one that blew me away the most is we had a live demonstration of zipline drones in Africa. Wow. wow. And it was yeah. pitch dark, and they showed us how they did that, how they did it. They went through the whole process. They were so awesome. We actually took the whole hour for it. And it was just like, it still gives me chills. It was so like, it's, it, you know, we're all pioneers in this and we're so forward thinking. And it actually just tells us that we're on the right track. It's so validating, you know? And so that's, mm -hmm. it was just wonderful to see that. And, you know, we always like all those accents as well. So that was my most memorable. How about you, Desi? And in following up with the zip line, they actually took us through their entire operation. And so it, yep. it was wow. very, very powerful. And so, you know, uh, recently I did a recap of all of the speakers that we had just through the past year. And I, I have to say they were all phenomenal. We, in, it was so yeah. inspiring that all different aspects of the industry, we, John McBride, DSPA, I mean, just amazing. Just, yeah. Yep. And so to just say, oh, one, it, I was, I'm just not able to do it. Bobbin Eagle from Artel from SMG. I mean, amazing. He just really, he's so, him and his him and Jennifer are just such a wealth of knowledge. I mean, you know, they come on and they're just so down to earth. That's what I love about it. they're down to earth. So it's very relatable. We get people that aren't even in drones. Like they're just got their Mavic mini, you know, and they're like, I got to get my part 107. And then you have mm -hmm. people on there that, you know, actually work, you know, on the border flying drones and they, they're like, dang it. I missed another coffee connection because they're out you know, flying on the border. We also had, it was really fun the first year. We didn't do it this year because there was a lot of complications with COVID coming back. But um, last year we did a 80s uh, Christmas party. So we had a Christmas party online. Everybody dressed as, you know, an 80s character. 
Desi was Madonna, and in her you know, rich girl, you know, um, in the in the pink, she was great. I was, hey Mickey, you're so fun. Had the ponytails, my pom poms, but everybody came as a character. And then we had we hired somebody to come in and we played songs, and people had to guess the song, like and name that tune. And we had prizes. We had so many prizes. The grand prize was a Mavic Mini. Um, so tons of people won, and it just was really fun and a great way to celebrate together what we do. And once again, just strengthening our relationships to have fun together. Mm-hmm. Sound, it sounds awesome. And we, we've been talking to uh, Zipline to see if we can get them on this show, but to get a, uh, a real-time presentation or, or uh, showcasing how their operation works, of course, uh, would be amazing. Um, for the people that don't know, where can they find you and how big is your audience, for instance? So we are... We are, uh, if you go to the Women in Drones website, they actually on Women mm-hmm. in Drones, we have a uh, South African uh, chapter as well. And so they have a, um, a, it's not a coffee connection, it's fireside chat, whereas we yeah. have a coffee connection, but you'll find it on the Women in Drones website. So it's two opportunities that are actually on there for networking. And my, uh, platform that I do through the Zoom is a recycled uh, link. So once you sign up through the Women in Drones, it gets sent out to you every week. And then we just have different uh, speakers on each week. So awesome. we have an average of about 30 to 40 people on on a weekly basis. Uh, but we have, I, I know, over like 250 people that register, like that are registered with it. So uh, definitely a growing, uh, you know, growing platform. Very You've probably already covered this, but um, what would you say are the most rewarding aspects of um, doing Coffee Connections? To me, it's making those connections, making the networks, making uh, opportunity, having opportunities for people to share and learn and reach out to others in the industry. Um, I think it's brought the whole world together through this platform. And so it's it's unique. It's very unique in the way that it's presented. And so uh, I, for me personally, I would have never thought of uh, being a speaker or reaching out and meeting people in South Africa. And yet here we are. And so I, I love that it's connected the entire world. And for me, you know, the, for me, like, it's just so wonderful every week just to, it's just a positive vibe. You know, it's just this vibe that's positive when there's so much chaos. And, you know, it's not just now, life is always full of chaos, but, you know, it's an opportunity for people to produce in the chaos because we can't control the chaos. So it's, you know, it's a great way for people to learn. And for me, that's rewarding because I'm a trainer. And if I can, if, if I can give people an opportunity to train in a non-competitive way and, you know, walk away from the call and just feel like that's like, you know, they have a smile on their face. Um, you know, that's great, you know, because not everybody gets to do that, you know, so to be able to just have people, you know, what do they say? People don't remember everything that you say, but they'll always remember how you make them feel. So there are a few women centric drone organizations out there. What attracted you to women in drones? Uh, for me personally, I actually I met up with Women in Drones at Inner Drone uh, several years ago, and when I left the luncheon, I was just 
inspired, truly inspired. And to this day, uh, just being near Sharon Rossmark, <laughs> she's <laughs> a blessing. Oh my gosh. I, I have never seen someone with such a big heart for just promoting diversity in the industry. It's, it's just amazing. And so I just immediately gravitated towards that. It's, it's very inspiring being around her and seeing what she's doing to promote the industry. Um, quick segue, Desi. I think I met you at that Inner Drone Women in Drones luncheon. Yes, I think we did. that's when we met in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I and I also want to thank you again, Kara, because uh, you also were one of our speakers at the STEM program, the Girls Take Flight program that I do. And so oh, I thank you for that as well. Memories. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All the stuff we did before COVID, right? I, I forget. <laughs> yes. So, so recently at uh, CES, Women and Drones uh, was there with their annual Women to Watch events. Uh, can you tell us what what would it take for a woman to to receive an accolade? Like, what kind of skills or what kind of achievements are you guys looking for? Oh my gosh, it was an amazing program. And I also want to thank the sponsors, the honorees, congratulate them. It was it was amazing. And so it, the program actually just highlights and recognizes the trailblazers in the industry. People that are out there just really exemplifying diversity and doing amazing things in the industry. And so there's various categories that they offer. And so like uh, April, she won the STEM. Uh, she also works with NASA. So I, my, my classic saying was always, you know, the sky's the limit. But when you see somebody as impressive as April, you go, okay, well, maybe NASA just puts a big bigger picture into it, right? <laughs> and so mm -hmm. it, it's amazing what people are doing. And then also companies like USOG, where they're just a, a team that recognizes diversity in, there's a need for diversity and that women have a place in the industry and they're doing all that they can. Aerospace Link is another one. They're doing all that they can to promote having diversity in, within their organization. And so it's exciting to see what people are doing. We just had all of them on our Coffee Connection this week. Yeah. They all oh, wow. came on. Yeah, we had them all on, which was great, you know, like you said. like So people can see that, you know, this is legit. Like I said, this is the kind of stuff that should be on the news. Yeah. I mean, that call was freaking amazing, you know. It's like people are winning regardless. People are winning. Women are winning. Men are winning. You know, and I'm like, this would have been such a great news link to be on any of the news broadcasts that people can see, you know, mm -hmm. on, on whatever side of what's going on in our lives, drones are, are, are there to take us to the next level. So I was wondering, have you ever thought of doing a screen recording of these Zooms and um, putting it up on YouTube and having a channel that way um, so that news stations or um, other organizations could discover these amazing people? Fantastic idea. So the replay yeah. So the replays are available on the Women and Drones link uh, through our library. But okay. no, I, as far as making them accessible for 
the um, news media. Uh, Fantastic idea. Love it. Thank you so much. Yes. I think you just won an accolade yourself, Kara. (laughs) Sometimes inspiration hits. Um, I mean, I would like to start a weekly Twitter spaces, um, not only for drones, but also for NFTs. But I'm not going to segue into that. That's getting off topic. Um, What I do want to ask next is you've both been awarded and recognized for your achievements. Um, Which ones stand out to each one of you? Well, I just got to say, when that complete stranger to me, you know, gave me capital money, like that was, you know, I met him, we had, we, we had, we were, he hadn't met me yet, he had seen my business plan, then, um, and he said, okay, I'm going to give her this much, and then uh, he said to me, uh, you know, I said, maybe we should meet, you know, and so he's like, okay, let's have lunch together, so the day the day we had lunch and then the next day we were signing the paperwork. So we had lunch and I decided we went in for lunch. I didn't want to talk about business. He already knows what my business is. Let's just see if we have something in common. He's my age. We had a great lunch. And when I walked out, I didn't want to call our mediator right away. Cause I didn't want to sound needy or like over what, yeah, you know, I want to be calm and cool, you know, but he called me, my mediator called me right away. He's like, I just gotta tell you, Kim, you know, the investor loved you and he's giving you another like 10 grand. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. So literally when I got that check in the mail, it was like one of the best moments for a personal, you know, personal mm-hmm. in my life, um, validation, because literally I drove home as a 45 minute drive and I had a smile on my face so big. <laughs> and it was awesome. The sun was shining in on my face and it was like, so that was my moment. <laughs> so I have actually two things that just kind of come to my mind when, when I think about that. Recently, I've published a book, and of course, it's on safety. Yes, Desi, go, girl. Go, Desi. Go, Desi. <laughs> so, I'm so happy for her. What could you fail when you got that for a cheerleader, right? <laughs> So I'm I'm excited about that, and then and another thing that's very uh, exciting to me, but it's not anything that's really out there so much is I've have been on several FAA art committees and such like that, and to be in a position that you can shape the future. It's pretty uh-huh. exciting. Um, I was on the FAA CTI board, um, and so we were able to kind of change and, and see how the school systems will be addressing drones in the future. And then uh, I'm an alternate for the uh, women and drones for the BVLOS. And so just being able to see how the future is going to be playing out and and then of course in my case saying you know safety we need to implement safety in all of this where does this play a role and just building a better future for it It, that has been really really rewarding and and exciting for me desi is also the lead representative (laughs) for the fa in san diego yeah. Oh, that's right. I know. Awesome. I, <laughs> I mean, in a male dominant, and that, to me, that kind of stuff doesn't really matter. I just bloom where I'm planted. But, you know, in a male dominant industry, you know, she's the lead representative. It's like, bow to the queen, bow to the diva, <laughs> bow to the diva. <laughs> well, thank you, but I don't look at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, 
what are some of the things that you're currently working on to help women get involved with drones across the country? Coffee connection, you know, like it's it because it's you know women in drones is sponsors us, so it's a drone coffee connection. So you know, being women and, and inviting women to come on has been a really great way. We've had so many newbies come on. Um, for me, you know, I have a young apprentice club in my in my drone you know my drone business business for training. So it's really cool because so many, I, I train kids that have autism. I have 11 year olds. I mean, literally these parents buy their kids like $4,000 worth of drone equipment and they're 11 years old and say, have at it. Like a Mavic Pro 2 with like eight batteries and the case and everything. And this kid's flying beyond visual line of sight all over like a crazy man. And then they're like, I think we should hire somebody. So we have, you know, young, and then we have, you know, I have older people too, but it's really cool because a lot of times, you know, the moms, it's always the moms, a grandmother will call me or a mom will call me and say, you know, my son, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about me getting him into drones? You know, my, you know, and I'm like, first I always say kudos to you for being a woman and a mother slash grandmother. That's a forward thinker. I want to just let you know how awesome you are. And so a lot of times, you know, these, like I had a kid that I trained yesterday. Uh, he's autism, high, high, high level autism, what they, what they caught. And, you know, she, she set me aside. She goes, I want to do this. So, you know, once they get involved, they watch me with their kids. They're, you know, a lot of women are starting to get involved because, and they feel comfortable having a woman instructor. So a lot of the corporate events that we do are women that hire us to come in. And then they're like, I want to learn how to fly a drone. It just is that interesting part. And then we collaborate with a lot of women. So, um, yeah, just just acknowledging women for different, like on the coffee connection. I, I tend to go out and, like, surf the Instagram and look for people that I admire. And so, like, I'll say, hey, let's get my friend Sarah. She uh, Sarah, she, she's the top uh, FPV pilot in the country. And I met her when she just started. So I'm like, you've got to come on. Susan, excuse me. Susan, you've got to come on our coffee connection. So, um, you know, just letting them know that, you know, you're awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about Rue FPV? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, she was on our coffee right. connection. And then Joanne is great. Joanne is out of the Hamptons, Hamptons Drone Design. Oh, Joanna um, Steidel. I love her. She's yeah, awesome. I- yep. And I met um, her. I think I followed her. I, I kind of saw her on Instagram. And that's what I love about the collaboration. Saw her on Instagram, started following her, started sending her notes and saying, hey, I'd love to have you on this call. You know, she kept putting me off. She had her, a lot of stuff going on personally. And then one day she goes, you know what? Why don't you just come out to the Hamptons and fly with me? I'm like, what? Okay, here I come. The Hamptons were amazing, right? Yeah, so I go yeah. out to the Hamptons. I'm like, this is totally my vibe. And we just uh-huh. had such a great time hanging out, getting to know each other, becoming besties like overnight. And, and then she got on the call. So, like, it's those kind of relationships, you know, that I, as soon as I met Desi, you know, like, uh, we started talking, like, I'm coming out to see you. So she had me speak uh, for the FAA in San Diego, which was, like, so generous and awesome. They had me do, like, a little motivational, in case you guys didn't wonder, right? <laughs> so um, went in and did a little motivational talk and then um, for the FAA, right, which is cool. And then, um, and then I came right out and we hung out and we flew all over the place in the desert. 
And thank God for Desi because she's such a safety person. So when I'm around Desi, I literally lose my safety brain because I think I don't have to think about it. I got Desi. And so I'm getting ready to launch. She goes, Kim, you do realize there's cables above you. I'm like, I totally did not know that. And that's just, you know, that's what's so cool about hanging out with people that you don't normally hang out with. You know, it's just nice to relax for a second, have somebody else be responsible. Desi had your back. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. <cool. laughs> so what I was wondering with, with all these initiatives, uh, for instance, women and drones, like, do you guys see that we're getting traction? Like are more women getting into the drone industry and are we also able to get more younger women, like students into the drone industry? Yes, yes. Okay, so we have gone up what, 1%? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, it's Look at the positive. It's one percent. But I actually feel that having STEM in the curriculum for youth is huge. That is that is building a brighter future. That is where it's at. Uh, there's a lot of engineers. Um, in, in you know, it used to be that people said, "Oh, I want to be an astronaut when I grow up." Well, you don't hear that so much. And so having STEM and youth using this tool in our use, I think it will innovate them. It'll, it'll give them that drive to build a better future. And so uh, being with the Girls Take Flight program, uh, they come in, they're high school girls, and they come in and they don't realize that they can do this. And then all of a sudden they are coming out of the program with their uh, remote pilot certificate and going, wow, I got this. I can do it. And so uh, having opportunities like that, I think will definitely build a brighter future. And, you know, in general, I just feel that, you know, aviation is really hot right now. You know, aviation is, you know, like more and more women are getting involved. I, uh, I was down for uh, Sharon and I were down in Ohio and we were speaking at the Women of Aviation Conference, uh, Women in Aviation. And it was just so many more. They're really you know, they're asking, we want women pilots, you know, so you have this, they're willing to pay for them to come in and you have these foxy ladies coming in, man, their nails, their hair, and they're like flying the planes, you know, so it's really, it's not the old school, no offense, but, you know, a lot of times when, you know, it's, it's shocking to see the difference, like the old school, like you say, have the old school ladies that have, you know, have paved the way that, you know, they saw Amelia Earhart and now they're paved the way and they're like in their 70s now. But literally, like, their hair is cut like a guy, and they're just, because they were in such a male-dominant world, and to fit in, right? And I hope I don't get judged for saying that, but, <laughs> you know, it was just totally different. I have a picture of me flying with one of them, you know? But then you have this new generation that are, you know, like, in their 30s, 20s, late 20s, and 30s, and then their hair's long, they're, they're dressed to the nine, and they're able to bring that feminine side to aviation and that's what's really powerful about it and the trend is continuing on and then i also hang out with a bunch of blackhawk uh, uh helicopter pilots in our women in aviation chapter in philadelphia and you know they are they fly blackhawks for like you know they retired out of the service and now they do it uh corporately but there's quite a few of them then they fly drones now too so definitely you know, with women in aviation and with women starting to get together and realize that, you know, hey, there's others like us. Mm. Like, that's the yep. really big thing is there's others like us. And so we can bring that feminine energy um, in and, and just really enjoy it. 
I think also yeah. having the coffee connection in a place like that provides a safe environment where people yep. can yeah. uh, share and feel, okay, this is okay. I can learn from it and I can share from it. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with being feminine and also you can't confuse feminine femininity with being competent. And so sometimes yeah. um, I've heard people say, oh, look, she's flying her drone in her bikini. And I said, well, but she looks great. So yeah. let her, you know, it, it, it doesn't detract from anything. I mean, right. I think we can just be ourselves and um, just be good at what we do. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And I welcome the... That's um, our too, isn't it, Desi? Yeah. We're going to fly our drones in our bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is a really funny segue into something that I think is funny to share. So I'm going to, I'll share something and then I want Kim to share one. Um, so I love when I go out to the flying field, AMA or whatever, and it used to happen more than it does now, but I can remember pulling up, backing my car in, opening up the back end, pulling out the Inspire 2 and a guy come over and go, you're going to play that? It's like, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> so I made a shirt sure. that says, um, yeah, I fly like a girl. Try to keep up. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> so, but a funny, funny story that I hope that Kim can share is the cookie story. Oh, the drone, the drone. What's she going to do? Make cookies? <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, that's right. So I was my my one of my daughter's friends. She's twenty five. One of my daughter's friends got a drone, and he called me, and he's like, "Hey, you know, Mama Kim, can you come over? I just got a drone. Can you show me a couple of things?" So I'm like, "Okay." He does YouTube. He does YouTube videos, does he? So he may be the connection. I was wondering why I why I gave him a, a bonus, you know, and didn't charge him anything. Now it's all coming out. He's done a favor. I've done a favor for him. He's gonna owe me. So anyway. So he invited one of his friends that had just gotten a drone too and was going to Japan. He's a he's an English teacher over there. So you know, Luke said Luke said to his friend Justin, he's like, yeah, um, Livy's mom's coming over to fly drones with us. And so Justin said to Luke, what is she going to bring milk and cookies too? <laughs> so Luke told me that. And let me tell you something. When I got that drone out, I got that. I had my Mavic Pro at two at the time. If I would have known that he had said that ahead of time, I would have brought my Inspire. <laughs> so anyway, so I take that drone out. I am flying it high, flying it all over the place. I lost it because I was showing off. I had those hazardous attitudes. And I looked at and I, I, I was following a river. And it went west, and I thought it was coming straight back towards us. I'm like, where the heck's my drone? But I was able to check my bag. I like, I went through the whole thing, and it was God's perfect plan. So, anyways, I bring. There's like high stress, but I'm like being cool, but like this inside. Bring the drone back safely. And when it landed on the pad, Justin, who said, "Did she bring milk and cookies?" Just said, "I bow to the queen. I bow to <laughs> yeah. the queen." So, uh, and we've been out flying. You know, uh, we have drone hangouts take the ladies out and we'll be maybe at graffiti pier in philadelphia we've been down at this abandoned airstrip that we go to and we're flying maybe two people on the inspire and somebody else is flying uh their mavic pro all ladies and literally men and women will come up to us and say that's so cool who's flying the drone we have the controllers in our hands and they're asking wow. us who's flying the controller 
who's flying the control? Yeah, it's it happens. It's it's and it's kind of we take it as like yeah we are you know like we're not offended. So (laughs) much respect, right? Yes. Um, so we ask most of our guests that come on the show this question, um, what is your stance on remote ID? So I have, I'm excited for it. I'm, I, I am. I'm excited for it. I see some things that concern me. Um, so um, I hope they're addressed. But in moving things forward, um, I do feel that we need some sort of identification when we're talking about the advancement of the industry. Um, uh, Remote ID was the way that we are going right now. And it worked for the FAA to implement this. And so I feel that if we are actually going to be having more drone traffic in the air, um, that is a direction that we have to go. Um, Like I said, there are some things that concern me. And so we'll see how those play out in the future. But for the most part, I think this is something that will eventually advance our our industry in a huge way. I totally concur. You know, it's the law. So that's the way we'll go. Yeah. A follow-up question uh, right away uh, on this, actually. Um, one of the things with remote ID is that the pilot location is going to be made publicly available, oh, right? And that's and my concern. That was, I figured that's why I wrote that question down immediately. Um, I've spoken to many people and everybody's uh, is concerned because you're flying expensive equipment uh, so that there's a risk there as well. Do you think there's an increased risk for female pilots? I do. I do. And that is from day one, that has been one of the things that I voice my opinion on because it does, it puts us at a risk and being female. And I tend to fly in remote areas where it's not in a congested area where there is security or safety around. And so Mm -hmm. I, it is, that is my concern and it has been since day one. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I want to follow up actually on this uh, again immediately, <laughs> uh, since you work closely with the FAA and the FAA has been trying to change. And for instance, they uh, now call unmanned aircraft uncrewed to, to be more inclusive and more diverse. How has their response been uh, when you voice your concerns about the pilot location being made publicly available and especially, of course, for female pilots? Do they respond to share that concern or so i believe they've taken all of the comments and concerns and they're addressing mm-hmm. them to the best of their ability um but i have yet to see any changes that i've seen yeah. come through of how they're going to address it it surprises me because everybody keeps comparing it to a, a license plate digital license plate in the sky but i don't think that's an uh, an accurate comparison at all because for a license plate on the vehicle you'd still need to be a law enforcement officer to be able to uh, to actually identify the person or drive in the car whoever uh, is the registered owner uh that's not the same that uh, that remote id is prescribing for us and uh, yeah it's a concern that i know a lot of people have right Right. And, and I feel that law enforcement, uh, they have that authority and they should be able to know where we are and yeah. how to address us, but not it, just anybody. I, I told the general public. Yeah, I agree. I, I fail to see the value in that uh, as well. I think it's just a risk. Yes. Yes. No, I was, I was going to ask, how do you think the, uh, it's going to affect the industry from a positive standpoint? Cause you said that overall you're, you're, 
um, you're good with it. You're, you're good with the idea of remote ID. Oh, uh, because I feel that moving forward, there needs to be some sort of um, identification and uh, showing where the various drones are in the skies and opening up the skyways, the superhighways and such like that, that they talk about with AEM and such. I feel that uh, identification is needed. Uh, there's a lot of different approaches that can be taken, but I feel that if we were to truly move on, and I hate to use the, the pun of the Jetson era, right? Um, there has to be some sort of an identification or um, some sort of a, 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 not a license plate, but just some sort of a ADSB or something like that, identifying uh, where the various drones are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I always get the impression that remote ID from the FEA is kind of like a one size fits all, like we have one system that, that's supposed to work for everybody. And I think that's that's partially why it's uh, it's getting so much resistance. I mean, there's a huge difference, of course, if you're Amazon and you're flying or you're trying to fly drones to deliver packages versus people who fly FPV drones or people who use their drones for landscape photography. I mean, you have so many different use cases for drones, but now here we have this one remote ID rule that's going to be applied to all of us in the same manner. Do you, do you think that's the right approach or do you think that the FAA should have come up with variations in, in, in those regulations? I think there's opportunity for variations. Um, I feel that there are different levels of uh, safety and risks involved. And so each case should have a certain element of, okay, what's going to be on board? Um, I don't know as far as I am not a tech person, so I can't say from mm -hmm. the tech side of thing, what are some of the options that are available? I know when they implemented the remote ID, it was the better option at the time. And so moving yeah. forward, um, I think this is a step in the right direction. And hopefully this will be able to make it a safer environment for getting uh, the air traffic movement. Yeah, I think part of the problem also is that you have on one hand, you have the drone industry that's that's changing and developing at a lightning speed. And then on the other hand, you have this uh, government body that's meant for meant aviation that's now trying to accommodate uh, the drone industry. I think it, it's, it's difficult and it shows apparently. Um, directly to, to both of your work, uh, how will you be impacted by remote ID, you think? I just feel that you know, I, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it'll assist people to be more professional because they'll be held more accountable. So you know, when people are accountable, you know, then they think twice. So mm -hmm. I mean, we still got till twenty twenty three that'll be completely, you know, activated. So a lot of things can change. But for me, you know, I just feel like accountability is always, you know, good. And so uh, yeah, you know, people. You know, even when they start with the Part 107, now they have the trust um, that Greg is, uh, you know, in charge of and take and he sent people to that. But, you know, it, once again, now hobbyists have accountability and um, hopefully there'll be less of people, you know, flying into an airport. You know, it was, I guess when I was younger, like, you know, in December, you know, or January because they got a new drone, you know. So, you know, that's the kind of things I see. I think that it's definitely something that is um it'll work itself out you know just like it's still a new industry it'll work itself out yeah. mm -hmm. 
It will have Small to. Pilots are a bit on the rebellious side, so they're not going to, you know, bow out gracefully. They're going to bow out big, right? So yeah, well, it's there's going to be, you know, they're going to keep fighting. That's the way drone pilots are. You know, you got the you got the strongest people in the beginning of the race. You know, that are the forward thinkers that have eaten a lot yeah. of ground turkey to be where they are today. To have a fillet of every once in a while, you know, the grit, yeah. the people that have the grit and the innovation and that have, uh, you know, have put in a lot of time and money into it. So it's not going to it's not going to bow down. People just keep on fighting until it all works it out. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think the potential is way too huge for, for drones, uh, even if you only look uh, specifically at how drones help uh, to save people's lives. I mean, if you see what firemen are doing with drone, uh, with drones, how search and rescue parties are using drones to find people, it, it, it's way more effective than anything they've done in the past. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, we're the safest industry in terms of flight hours and incidents. Uh, if you compare it to manned aviation, and we have this huge uh, untapped potential. So I totally agree that uh, we should not uh, bow down quietly at all. Yeah. And there's <laughs> so. always two sides to the story. So, you know, I'm not at the FAA, and I don't know the calls that they get in, the people that are getting oh, yeah. for doing bad things. I don't see that on a daily basis, which they do. And so mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a real strong component on their side, because there's always yeah. two sides to the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, there is. Uh, you're right. He complains about drones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, it's again my turn. I'm just looking at the list of questions and I see my name popping up a couple of times uh, in a row. Uh, Desi, this one is for you. I, I read in your bio uh, again that you enjoy off-road adventures and that you guys are making 3D 3D models of old mining areas and old mines. And I would imagine you probably use drones for that. Can you tell me what's going on and what are you guys doing? Okay, so I could talk forever on that subject. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. So, uh, my husband and I, we've always been off-road adventurers. We take, I have what they call a dual sport, which is a on street and dirt bike. So we can go off-road as well. And we go to, and my husband is a uh, gold digger, so. He's a prospector, ah. really. <laughs> he has a couple of gold claims, but very much involved with the whole mining industry. And there's a lot of uh, history that's out there that has weathered away, been vandalized and such like that. So we love to go out into the desert. I pack a drone on his back and uh <laughs> and then yes he gets to explore the mining area and i get to fly the drone and make a 3d model from it and in that case of it we're preserving history there's a lot of history that is yeah. just not available for people and then this presents it in a new way it's not just taking an image it's actually you can get in there and do the 3d model rotate it around and see all the different aspects of it and so 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 do you do you uh, 3D model it by flying over and around the mine, or do you also fly into the mine and 3D model the actual mine itself, the shaft? So we've done a, a whole gamut of different ways, um, but a lot of it is more the uh, outbuildings, some of the uh, hoppers that are left over, the cabins that they've lived in, the buildings where they actually did the... Um, 
processing of the equipment and, and such like that. And and so we'll I'll map out that part of it and create the 3D model of that. And there are some that we've actually been able to go in and do a 3D model of. Uh, there's others that we've actually, back in the old school days, we actually tied ropes onto a camera and dropped them down into the shaft. And to our surprise on one of them, it was like 300 feet deep and it had tunnels going off to the sides. And so pretty unique, wow. pretty exciting. So I love doing it, it's so fun. <laughs> Um, so I have a uh, double-edged question. Um, do drones help you find gold? And I'm also curious, um, since I used to work with Drone Deploy, um, what is your preferred mapping software? You don't have to answer that if drones help you find gold. You can keep that one to yourself. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. Oh, my gosh. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? They actually have helped in the case of like my husband's claim. He's got a couple claims. And so the way the water flows pushes gold to one area or another. So it used to be we would be like boots in the field and we would walk it and say, okay, here's a good place to dig or not dig. Well, I could just fly it. And I can go, okay, yeah. here's where the water would have flown here or there. And he can go back and look at it. Um, he can also look at his claim. His um, claim is like 600 by 600 or something. Don't quote me on that. But he's got those markers out there. Well, they're like placed way at the top of these hills and the weeds and in garbage and sometimes snakes. And so I can take the drone out and I can fly it and make sure his markers are still standing and in their good shape and all that. And so there's actually been a lot of value in having it. And so mm -hmm. um, the the drone, just, just as an FYI, um, I have the Inspire. Believe it or not, I have a backpack for my Inspire. Uh, we also have a smaller wow. one. I have the Mavic Mini or the uh, Mavic Pro 2. And so I'll send that one out. And I call it, his name is Scout. And it'll go out and scout everything and make sure it's safe for the Inspire to fly. <laughs> and so then I go, okay, now we're going to get serious. And we're going to put up the Inspire and let it go do it. Yeah, because we don't want to lose an Inspire. No, um, <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so quickly, um, which mapping software do you like so to use? Being an instructor, okay, so I'm PIX4D certified. I started originally okay. with Drone Deploy all-time mm -hmm. favorite i love drone deploy uh then also drone harmony uh being an instructor i've tried to learn several of them so okay. i will literally go and uh do the uh, data acquisition and then i come back and i'll process it in all of them and go okay what's the comparison here and so um and then i'll even take it out of like pix4d or whatever and run it through a reality capture and so try to just kind of analyze who's putting out the best data um okay um so we are gonna wrap up here this might be our longest episode <laughs> ever um <laughs> It's amazing. This has been an amazing conversation. So we always conclude our show with one question, and um, it is, what is your favorite drone to fly? I think I just kind of said that. However, look, I just jumped right yeah. in there. However, I did just get the uh, DJI FPV, 
and okay. I've ah. been loving it. So it's not my only FPV, but it's the one I fly the best, obviously. <laughs> so I love it. Uh, I'm definitely a Mavic. I have I have the Phantoms. I have the Mavics, and I I just love the Mavics. They just always it's like just such a comfortable fly. But if I haven't flown my um, Phantom Four and I get that, I'm like, oh, I forget how much I love flying this drone too. <laughs> and I have the Inspire. And that's a whole that inspires me every time too. So um, you know, it's just like you know with cars. I you know I'd like to have three or four different cars because each one is cool. But there's that one that's just comfortable, and that would be you know, my go-to is the Mavic, any of the Mavics, because, well, the Mavic Pro 2 is what I have right now, because they're just so easy. You know, they give you, they give me so much more flexibility. So. That, yeah. Yeah. It's a great little drone and it's compact as they advertised it, the size of a water bottle that you can fit yeah. in your pocket. Um, well, I want to thank you both so much for being on with us today. We could have talked for another hour easily and I would have loved to. Um, you can check out Desi at onthego.biz, um, her website, and Kim through Master Your Drone. Coffee connections can be found on the Women and Drones website. And I highly recommend anyone, man or woman, not only um, subscribe to be a member to Women in Drones and just get into this wonderful network, but also um, check out Coffee Connections on there where you can fill out a form if you'd like to be a guest on there. So um, thank you again. And um, we look forward to watching more Coffee Connections and interacting with you more. Well, thank you for having us. It was wonderful talking with you. Yeah, great questions. Thank you so much. And thank you for capturing our enthusiasm and passion for what we do as women. Yeah, you make it Thank easy. you for being so passionate about uh, about flying drones. It's amazing to have people on the show that actually are passionate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally.